Hello, welcome to Family Life, episode one. Everybody is quietly smiling and laughing. I'm glad that I just got the name right because I woke up this morning thinking this was the Church Life podcast and I thought, is that the name that we agreed on? Because I didn't really like it. But Family Life is what we're calling this, so hello. Hello. Uh, we've got Ellie in the room. We have Tanya, who is uh, being the media person. Um, <laughs> We've got Mary and Tom and myself, Alistair, and so welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, we are in the month of prayer at the moment. Um, how's that going for people? I'm just upset because Mary and Ellie vetoed my sermon series title, which was April, March, April, pray. <laughs> and they said to me, Tom, you're, you're just, we love you, but you're trying too hard. <laughs> and I said, okay. So we're in the month of prayer. We're in the month of prayer. How is... How is it going for people? I mean, we were we were just chatting beforehand. I was saying, being married to someone who thinks about prayer for twenty five of the hours of the day and talks about it constantly is helping me remember it's the month of prayer. Mm-hmm. But um, I think where I was this a year ago and I was on my own, I don't know. I think I would be sort of having to stir myself a little bit to kind of remember to keep on that track of this is a month of prayer what, what mm. am I doing about that and so yeah. Abby talks about prayer loads and that's really helpful for me because it's reminding me to sort of up my conversation keep my conversation going but how's, how's everybody else kind of getting on personally you'd say I love it I, I, I think the challenge for me is to not get in the mindset of it's a month of prayer and then I wonder what the next month is going to be and I think the hope has been from Kiki and Ellie and people who are kind of pushing the intercession kind of culture is we want to make it a month of prayer, but the prayer would be that this becomes a culture change as opposed to just something we focus on for a month. So yeah. for me, I, I guess the, it's been great getting into the habit of praying more and being inspired by other people. But I just, for me, I'm feeling the burden just to like, I don't want this to be a May thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want this to just be a, a thing we do. And then I move on to the next thing. I want some lasting change. Yeah. It's challenging. That's good. Yeah. I'd be similar. It's kind of, getting out of the mindset that it's an event, like another event we put on. Mm. Um, But for me, I found it really nice to have like an intentional corporate, like specific thing that we're praying for, knowing that like the whole family is praying for this one thing this week. It's really nice to have that as like a specific thing of when, because sometimes if people don't have uh, much of a prayer life, they're like, oh, I could just know it's one topic and I have the support of the whole church that's going after this. It's not just like... Yeah, it's a camaraderie thing, yeah. which is great. So yeah. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. I remember hearing somebody talking about trying to up their prayer life and he was like, yeah, for about the first five minutes I prayed for the things I usually pray for. And then I started tailing off and then I started thinking, well, Lord, I pray for uh, Ling Chang in... Uh, Vietnam, if there is a Ling Chang, Lord, <laughs> you just surround him with um, like niceness today, Lord. And I was like, I don't know what I'm praying for. Who am I praying for? And it's so easy, like just not. If you don't have direction, then you just start praying for. I don't want to say nonsense stuff, but stuff that you're, you're praying because you just feel you need to say something, you know. And I think the direction thing really helps me. Yeah, and I think the big. I was chatting with Steve this morning and saying the big. I don't think any any Christian anywhere ever in the world in the history of all things Christian has needed convincing that they should be praying. I don't think yeah. anyone needs the why. I think probably the thing that people stumble on is the how. Same with evangelism. I checked with Ellie before about, I don't think anyone needs convincing we need to evangelize. It's more that we get stuck on the how and say, yeah, I've really enjoyed the practical, 
the practical aspect of this series, but also like being at that prayer meeting and having someone lead it and say, okay, now we're going to pray for this and this is how we want you to pray and mm. just kind of modeling and instructing and yeah, it's been really good. It's mm. good. I've really loved the teaching as well that's gone along with it and the fact that we've been learning about prayer every Sunday and even Alistair, your talk that you did the first mm. week. I really enjoyed the way that actually we're breaking down the stereotype of what prayer has to look like and actually I know even personally I felt really <coughs> empowered to pray in, in a way that works for me and in a way that it looks like for me in my relationship with God and so I yeah. think it's been really helpful and I know I've spoken to other people that found it really helpful to actually feel empowered yeah. to be themselves in prayer. So that's been really I found that so challenging the week leading up to it, I'll be, I'll be honest, I know people are listening to this but I, I just thought there are people on our team who are better trained, better equipped, who live more of a life of prayer than I do. And the week leading up to it, I was just thinking, I'm, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy. If this was a message about sonship or about strategy or something, I'm happy being the guy. But it it really challenged me because I thought, I, I have to be able to say something about prayer, but it has, I can't preach without it being genuine, without integrity. And um, so I think actually kind of God was sort of, in my heart at least, saying, I need people like you to be teaching on prayer. Almost they, like, he doesn't need people who are amazing at prayer to tell other people to be amazing at prayer. He needs some people who feel like they suck a little bit at prayer or aren't good at it. Mm. And so I felt so, I felt so blessed that God actually used that talk about, you know, the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, just to say, just make it simple. Just approach mm. him knowing he's big and approach him knowing he's near. And, and that's it. Mm. Don't make it any bigger than that. And um, I really felt like what he gave me really ministered to me. I kind of needed to hear that as well. So I remember yeah. Ashley Squant as now. Ashley, uh, gosh, what was her maiden name? Coleman. 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 Ashley Coleman, <laughs> when she was then uh, teaching on the school on purity. And she said the same thing when she started. She was like, God, I don't feel like I'm equipped to teach on this because purity is not something historically that I've, you know, has been great. And he said to her, you, you may not be my perfect, you don't try and be my perfect example, be my chosen example. Mm. And I just remember being so profoundly impacted by that. And she was talking about how like all through scripture, God uses all these people that, you know, on, on the outward appearance, you wouldn't say they're the most equipped person to do this job. Like David, the shepherd boy is not the most equipped person to go mm. and slay the giant, but that's the way God confounds the wisdom of the, of the world. And uh, yeah, I love that. So it's good. You may not have been his perfect example, but you were his chosen example. Well, I was glad to be chosen. <laughs> I'm glad to have got through it and see people minister to it. I'm really honest. Glad <laughs> to have got through it. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how many times you can be in a leadership position and looking like you're sort of totally in control and inside you're like, please someone come up and hold your hands out. <laughs> yeah. Like, please. Um, I'm a son. I'm a son. Um, cool. Welcome well, to the Vulnerability Podcast. We yeah. <laughs> Next week, Alistair shares his fears about... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Type in the comments below if you want <laughs> Alistair to be vulnerable about an aspect of his life. Yeah, this is a setup. Um, well, we are going to do some Bible study, uh, and we have chosen, I say we, I mean me, me has chosen the book of Ephesians, um, which Tom is going to really like next week because he gets to talk about predestination, yeah. and I'm just going to shut up and let him talk about it because it's not an area I feel desperately strong in. Um, but we are going to look at Ephesians, and we're going to go through small little chunks at a time. We're not going to go for big, long uh, chapters at a time. So, Ellie, would you like to start us off? Ephesians 1, verses uh, 1, 2, and 3. Yes, of course. So, yes, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, 
Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Amen. That's a good word. Ah, <laughs> oh, so hard not reading on Eleven Ephesians. <laughs> Killing me, Alistair. I know. I, uh, I realised the other day, actually, when I, I scribble so much on my Bible that I've actually made it hard to actually read my Bible now yeah. because I've got so many scribblings but i've uh, literally been eating the word in my bible <laughs> yes Tom, Tom, oh i'm actually missing oh, wow. a, a sizable <laughs> section of ephesians one because it appears to have gone so it's a good one for the for the uh, podcast it's good good for radio that, yeah showing up your bible <laughs> with a hole in it um <laughs> i uh I, I think one of the things one of the reasons why i just thought it might be good to start off just talking about the start of the verses um how Paul chooses to introduce himself um, each time. There are some real similar things he, he shares in, in his letters and, um, you know, chosen by Jesus and the will of God uh, to the saints, um, grace and peace to you. He, he mentions these things kind of in almost every letter he introduces himself in, in this way. And I want to say a little bit about um, grace and peace in a moment, but um, I don't know. Do we consider ourselves to be saints? Like, do we think about ourselves as as the saints is that something that we feel comfortable with as a as a designation and I, i'm very con i'm very conscious i've got two contemplators in the room <laughs> so you're looking to meet him until we get the gold from ellie and uh, mary uh yeah i think um the people who've instructed me in reading the bible over the years have always said context is key and i don't mean that to like say oh, because it was written to the saints in Ephesus, you're not in Ephesus, so that doesn't apply to you. Interestingly, my footnote here says, some early manuscripts do not have in Ephesus, so hmm. it would have read to the saints, the faithful in Christ Jesus. So I would hopefully consider myself uh, the faithful in Christ Jesus or believers who are faithful in Christ Jesus. So yeah, I don't, I think of myself as the saints, but I'm very aware when I read that, I think, I think of sanctification. That's where we get the word sanctification is sanctification. Hmm. That's very much a process. That's not a, I'm not fully a saint yet. Mm. Um, I consider myself to be on the journey to being counted as one of the saints of Christ. But it's that whole kind of theologically and spiritually speaking, I'm a saint. But I'm also very profoundly aware, as are most of you in the room, that there are aspects of my character that are yet to fully manifest and demonstrate that title of saint. And so, yeah, I think for me, I'm, I'm trying to approach this as... If he's writing this to the saints, everything he's writing, I want to read it with the with the mindset of where do I need to grow in this? And so obviously next week we're going to be talking about being predestined to be holy and blameless in his sight. That's a journey. That's a process. Mm. It's spiritually I am, but I know that I'm still catching up. And there are bits of me that need to die to the, the flesh and yeah. bits of me that need to rise to life. Yeah. Being a saint. Contemplators, what do you think? <laughs> I guess I would categorize myself in it but like you said I guess I'd categorize myself in it as an identity statement like this is what God is saying that we are but like you say we've got kind of a bit of work to actually get to that point and I guess this whole like section of Ephesians in general I would read as okay well I don't necessarily fully believe this about myself fully like we're all on a journey of mm. learning what our identity is in God and yeah. so my reaction to reading it would be okay well yes because god is saying that about me and i'm on a process of believing that about myself but also recognizing that i'm 
on a journey to realising it. Yeah, and the now and not yet of the kingdom. Yes. Yeah, and if our if our definition, if our 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 goal as a church is to encounter God's transforming presence, if in my soul and my body and my flesh I'm completely transformed and wholly representing a saint, then I don't need the transforming part of that sentence. I just yeah. encounter God's presence because mm. I'm transformed completely. I'm fine. I'm without sin, as mm. you can all you know witness and te- testify. Clearly, I'm not yet in the, in the spiritual. I know I'm seated in heavenly places, but you know, almost every minute of every day, there's going to be something that's coming up out of me or within me that's going to give me a reminder that I'm not mm. I'm not there yet. I'm still on that journey, um, which I think is why. I feel I have a sort of a healthy obsession on grace because I just keep going back to this idea of, okay, how am I going to get to where I want to be? How am I going to get to being the saint in body, soul and flesh as well as in spirit? Um, and, you know, we're not in Galatians, but I, I been, keep finding myself going back to this thing in, uh, in Galatians 3 where Paul says... Um, it says, uh, you know, did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? You know, having begun in the spirit, you're now being perfected by the flesh. Um, you know, did you, are you trying to now work to what you got given as a gift to start with? Um, and that, that's the journey I know I've kind of constantly gone back and forward. So I kind of, yes, I am a saint, but I'm conscious that I need the transforming presence of God to inhabit mm. that, you know? Yeah. I think when I first read it, I was like, the phrase, I'm a saint, I felt like quite distant because the language is not really something we use these days, yeah. the term saint. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I wouldn't ever classify me as a saint because like, my picture when I think of saint isn't just like, yeah, it's like someone, a statue in an old Tom just an action of a person praying yeah. in a cloak in a big saint church, Mary. in a chapel. Saint Mary Melrose, yeah. that works. Saint Mary of Melrose, yeah. <laughs> yes, there we go, yeah. that's what we've been missing. <laughs> So I guess I was like, oh see, no, but like even in the Passion Translation here, it's like, it's just the devoted believers who've been made holy by being one with Jesus. And you're like, yes, that's completely, we're mm. on a journey of being made whole mm. by being one with Jesus. And I just had to like, in my mind just then, I checked my heart of like, challenging the term saint and the language, actually being like, yes, I am that, and not seeing it as something outdated in the past, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just looking at the Amplified, um, and it's just saying to the saints, and it's just God's people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're, uh, there's there's an identifying factor of of it, as well as a spiritual reality. It's like, okay, this is you are God's people, you are his flock, you are the coin that was rescued, the sheep that was brought back, you're the son that was welcomed home. That's, that's now your designation. Um, you know, and if you don't feel like you're even matching up to that, that doesn't really matter. Or, you know, I've, I've been using this phrase a lot. On on my worst day, God still loves me. Um, God still chooses me. He still identifies me as his person, his person, his boy, his yeah. you know, his team. And and, and it's a, it's thematically, it's a it's a it's a theme that Paul employs in a lot of his writing. And even I was thinking about this the other day that you know we I, I preach a lot on you have been saved, you are being saved, you will be saved. You have been made holy. You are being made holy. You will be made holy. You have been adopted. You are being adopted. You will be adopted. This we see this kind of three stage transition. But even about God, you know, he 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 was, he is, he is to come. There's this kind of like perpetual state of I I I I am a saint, 
I am definitely very much being a saint, and one day I will be numbered amongst that in uncountable number mm. in the in the heavenly yeah, yeah. realms as the saints. And so, you know, when I read that kind of, you know, for the you know before the great cloud of witnesses, it's like I count myself amongst that great cloud of witnesses. I'm also being encouraged by that great cloud of witnesses, and I have already been made that great cloud mm. of witnesses, and one day I will be part of it. And it's this whole kind of tension of the now and not yet. Yeah, and yeah, it's just fascinating to me that. We live in that constant tension of you are a saint, you are being made a saint, and one day you will be a saint. So, how do we how do we do something with this? Like, what 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 is uh, what is something that we can be planting in the the soil somewhere that is uh, going to help us step more into that reality? Um, and and I could I guess I could be talking about the stepping out of orphanness into sonship. That's that's one of the ways of identifying as a saint. Um, what is it that that um, we can be doing as believers who uh, to to step into a, a greater realization of um, the not yet part of it? You know, mm. what what can we be saying to to anyone who's looking at this and thinking, well, you know, based on how I acted today, I don't really feel too much like a saint. I, my my first inclination would be the answers in verse two, grace, mm. grace and peace to you from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I think you know if I want to be a saint who's faithful in Christ Jesus, really I have to appreciate and Alistair will be very happy to hear this that it's 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 grace, it's the empowerment, it's you know there but by the grace of God go I. No no part of my journey is in any way successful without. I heard someone say recently, God has no plan for success in your life that doesn't include him. Mm. It's like actually the only plan for success in me becoming a saint completely has to be in Christ Jesus, full of grace. And that's why I can take the peace. Peace comes to me because I'm aware that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yeah. I think it takes the pressure off as well, knowing that you don't have to get straight to the end goal. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can just take one small step yeah. in the right direction and not have to feel like you have to be that perfect saint yeah. straight away. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Even looking at like Paul, Paul as an example, like his life, yeah. you're just like, okay, well, Paul can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, his journey, his transformation journey was just amazing. Yeah. And, and he, even him starting it as an identity statement, like my name is Paul and I was chosen by God to be an mm, apostle of Jesus. Yeah. So it's just declaring like the whole thing earlier was like, I'm not the perfect example, I'm God's chosen example. Yeah, mm. chooses us. And, he, and he addresses that for yeah. such a good point. He addresses that even in Ephesians 3, uh, verse 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace mm. given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So, yeah, I think that's such mm. a good point that the very person writing this is the the kind of the the epitome of this message, yeah. which is like yeah. a yeah. terrorist, <laughs> yeah. you know, driven by a... Mm driven by a passionate hunger to destroy the church, mm-hmm. when you inject the grace of God into that life, he becomes the person that's writing this letter to the saints in yeah. Ephesus. It's and this is... Um, good point. Good point, Mary. <laughs> good point, St. <laughs> Mary of Melrose. <laughs> well done. But just, just as we land, um, the, the Greek charis uh, for grace and Irene for, for peace, um, there's a whole load of definitions that you could pull out, but... One of them for the for the, the grace one is the merciful kindness of God. That's mm. grace. And one of the definitions for peace is a state of tranquility. Mm. And so 
how do we step into the saintness? Well, encounter the merciful kindness of God and the tranquility that comes from his presence. Mm. It's nice. And so bless you wherever you are, whatever you're doing today to encounter the grace and peace of God as you explore what being a saint looks like, um, being a chosen one of God. Um, regardless of what's going on, we pray that you would step into um, the tranquility and the merciful kindness of God. And maybe, Tom, you could just pray and close us up. I think St. Mary of Melrose should pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> I personally, I feel like that. You cannot it. make that a thing. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's already a thing. It's the now and not yet of the kingdom, I'm afraid. So um, but yeah, Jesus, right now we just bless every single person listening to this in your name. Jesus, we just pray for a greater revelation of grace um, mm. and the grace that you have for us, Jesus, Jesus, and to know that you've chosen each and every mm. one of us. You've chosen us to, to represent you, Jesus. So yeah, God, right now, would you just come, would your presence just come and overflow us? Yeah. Um, to shine like you and to be on that journey to yeah. becoming saints for the for the not yet God would you fully sanctify every part of our lives yeah, God and we'd be just so on fire for you, you God and would we really chase this and pursue this and be intentional with really just going after sanctification and going yeah. after living for you fully so yeah God would you just bless every single person mm. listening to this and give them such um, wisdom and revelation as they go through reading this chapter with us, God. So, yeah, thank you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Have a great week, everyone.